episode 111. How you guys doing? I'm Forrest Hall. This is Real Church Matters, where we talk real church matters because real church matters. How you guys feeling? I hope you're feeling good. I'm feeling great. Uh, shout out to Charity. Um, I'm flying solo this week. It, it was quite busy week, but she's here in spirit. She's she's supporting me in spirit. Shout out to her. Shout out to you guys for listening. Uh, yeah, it's just it was a crazy week. Um, you know, a lot of things going on, a lot of work to be done, and. I got to Wednesday and I said, you know what? After church, I'm just not going to uh, record a podcast. And I told Charity, I was like, yeah, we, we ain't going to do one. Um, what we'll do is I'll just, you know, let let them eat up on the 110 episodes that there already are. And I'm going to just go home after church and catch that, you know, game three of the finals. Um, <laughs> but nah. God would have otherwise. So here I am, and I got something exciting to share with you guys. Uh, as always, remember, as you're listening, I know that you already know how to access the podcast, but just so you know to share with others, like whether it's the podcast app and you search Real Church Matters, or SoundCloud, search Real Church Matters, they can Google Real Church Matters, it'll take them to it too. Uh, when you're listening, guys, like share it. Let people know about it. Uh, rate it. Give me five stars. Uh, subscribe so you'll get a notification. Remember, you can always tell Siri, play Real Church Matters podcast. She'll do that too. Uh, just hop, I, just continue to spread the word. It's very important to me uh, that we amplify this signal. The whole reason of doing this is because what I felt God is sharing with me, I wanted to get it to as many people as possible. And that's what this platform is doing. This platform would not be possible if it were not for God's grace, his direction, and his moving on people's hearts to give money as well. So I appreciate those who have been given. If you would like to give, you can give a dollar a month. Literally, like it'll take a dollar a month. Patreon.com forward slash Real Church Matters. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Real Church Matters. Go on there, sign up. I, I, I share different things on there as well. It, it, just a dollar a month. It's, it's, it supports. That's $12 a year. It allows me to continue to do things that, that set this up to be as dynamic as it should be. Um, yeah, is there anything else? Obedience over audience, always and forever. It will always be that. I'm going to tell you sometimes, like, we, we got to remember scriptures where it's like, always be ready to preach in season and out of season when it is not fashionable to, to don the helmet of salvation, when it's not fashionable to wear the breastplate of righteousness when it's not fashionable to shod your feet with the preparation of peace when it is not fashionable to do that when it's out of season this podcast is to encourage you and you guys encourage me and that message of obedience over audience always reminds me to do it anyway whether in season or out of season and right now, it seems fashionable 
to speak or talk about Christ, but it is not fashionable to walk in obedience of his word. But episode 110, that's where we're at. And I, uh, yeah, I want to talk about something. So let's just jump into it because I, I sometimes I don't know how to get this thing started. But before I do, oh yeah, let me not forget. Before I do, a year ago was the first time my mom was on the podcast. It was called The Parent Trap. So that's episode 68, The Parent Trap. It's the first time she was on there. I was so excited. I just, you know, mom was my pastor. Well, she still is my pastor in many ways. Um, But just being able to allow her to share her story and how she had, had been on this journey to obey God, it was awesome. So, you know, check that out. Two years ago was episode 17. And episode 17 was called, How Can I Overcome Fear? And nobody knows more about fear than Forrest Hall Jr. So with that being said, please check that one out too. I'm going to tell you what I got coming up though. I know I've gone over the uh, the kind of preliminary section housekeeping, but I'm doing a revival podcast style. So every single day will be a new podcast for a week. So while well, I'm in the process of lining all of that stuff up, and there'll be seven different people on the podcast with me, sharing seven different truths, seven different days. There'll be a podcast for every day. I really want to do this as a as a, a campaign to kind of inundate our minds with godly content. And so giving you something to listen to, to eat off of every single day, even though, you know, you can, there's so much content already. I just want to do it to kind of celebrate and, you know, put focus on the fact that we should be, uh, as my mother preached tonight, overly saturating ourselves with the word. So now I'm excited about that. That's coming soon. And uh, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Acts chapter 18, verse 24 through 28. Now, uh, verse 24 starts, he says, Now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scripture. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. And being fervent in spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus. There's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack and we'll get to it in a second. It says, but though he knew only the baptism of John, he, he began to speak boldly in the synagogues. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. And when he washed, wished, wished, when he wished to cross to Achaia, the brothers encouraged him and wrote to the disciples to welcome him. So they told him, go, yeah, go to Achaia. You know, if that's where you want to go, we're encouraging you and we're writing to our brothers over there to welcome you. And when he arrived, he greatly helped those who through great grace had believed. So he was a benefit to the body. In verse 28, for he powerfully refuted the Jews in public, showing that by the scriptures that Christ was Jesus. 
So I'm, 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 I'm focusing today on how you cannot have a relationship with God without having a relationship with Scripture. That you have to be a student of the Word in order to say you're a disciple of God. In order to say you're a disciple of Christ, you have to not just follow the word, you have to study the word by which you will follow. And I noticed that um, there's a disconnect in the fact that a lot of us are not even where Apollos was, a Jew. He's not, he, was, he wasn't trained in this, but he, he converted himself and he had become eloquent, competent in the scripture. Incompetent means that you are able to clearly explain the scripture. You're clearly able to break it down. And he was able to instruct people in the way of the Lord. And he had a fervent spirit. And that's a, that's a lot of us. And there's some of us, is, we're not in that place. Some of us are not uh, competent in scripture. And so I'm, I want to challenge you today that you set yourself in a place where you at least start where Apollos was and you become competent in the scriptures. That's going to take time. That's going to take you reading the word. That's going to take you really trying to understand it. Why? Because understanding the word, being competent in scriptures makes you a competent disciple. Being competent in the scriptures makes you a competent disciple. If you are not competent in the scriptures, you cannot accurately and clearly follow and obey God. You will be a halfway disciple. There are people who are literally trying to honor God with the only the information that is given to them by others who have studied the word. They haven't taken any care or any thoughtfulness to the scriptures themselves. Now, I used the example uh, earlier that this is like a person who buys me a birthday gift and they got me something and they just believed in that with all their heart that I would love this gift only for me to get it and I didn't love it. So what happened? Where was this disconnect? I think the reality was is that while this person is competently uh, in a relationship with me, competently is connecting with me, they don't know me in a, a accurate way. They don't know me in the fullness of who I am in order to accurately reflect or accurately show or accurately engage in a relationship with me. And so the, the, the reality is, it's like, I can't say this person don't love me. I can't even say this person doesn't have a fervency towards me like Apollos did. He was fervent in the spirit. I can't say this person doesn't speak highly of me, just like Apollos was. He was able to speak and teach accurately the things concerning Jesus. Yes, yes, he was. And I can't say that these people don't care and love and share and, and talk highly and kindly about me. But one thing that Priscilla and Aquila realized when they heard him talking is that he needed to know some more. A lot of what we speak, everything that I speak, I, I try to make sure it's accurate. But every part of my life, I'm always endeavoring to be more accurate, to get a clearer picture, 
something that I shared in Bible study. Uh, actually, it wasn't Bible study. I think it was a message I preached. And in the message, everybody always talks about magnifying God. And it's nice that you want to magnify God. But if your view of him is blurry, then to magnify that view would make him blurry still. It would actually make him more blurry. We have to understand that magnification only takes and makes bigger the, the source of which we already have. And if we are not fully understanding God, the God you're magnifying is not a fully realized God. <laughs> we can, I, I mean, I'm the main person that's telling people like, y'all got to spread the word. But how can you spread something that you're not accurate about? That's tabloid. That's tabloid. Literally, uh, you can hear somebody share something about you and be like, that's not true. Like, who told you that? Who told you that? Who told you that I think like that? Who told you that I was that? Who told you that I wanted that? Who told you that I feel like that? Who told you that I, I, I love like that? Who told you that I care like that? Who told you I hate like that? I'm pretty sure that's how God feels. He's like, who told you these things? Who gave you this stuff? You're accurate in the sense that I am God, but you need to know me more accurately. You need to understand me more accurately. Yes, you know I'm a provider, but you need to know how I provide more accurately. Yes, yes, yes. I am something to hope in, but you need to know hope more accurately so that you can hope in me in a correct and accurate way. Just knowing to hope in God, but hoping for the wrong things in him is dangerous. It's dangerous. The most unfortunate thing is that we as believers are not challenging ourselves and we're not really challenging one another to endeavor to this accuracy, to not be settled and complacent in the fact that we're competent in Scripture, to not be settled in the fact that we know the ways of the Lord in a, in a certain respect, to not be just settled in the fact that we're fervent in spirit. Or that we can speak and teach accurately concerning Jesus, though we never met him. Though we can even speak boldly in front of people about God. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him aside. This is how we need to be. We need to take people aside. We need to just say, come here, come here, come here. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. It's that you can be more right. He, they explained to him. I love this word explain. So I'm just going to take a second and, and, and teach you for a second. This kind of informs how we engage with people. You know how they say uh, men have a tendency to mansplain. They feel like they have to try to re-explain what a woman explains because they feel like they, they understand it logically in a better way. Well, as Christians, we have to learn to Christ-splain. We have to learn that when we're engaging with people, our intention should be to explain, to expound, not to uh, talk over or on people but that we are with one another explaining. I, I am sometimes I'm concerned 
when I realized that in my life and, and, and oftentimes when people have engaged with me, their intention or their purpose was not to explain. Their intention or their purpose was not to make something more clearly to me, but to just immediately say, well, you don't see it like me. It's wrong. But no, they they were settled in themselves enough to know this brother's good. And we love what you're doing. But they said, we want to explain to you the way of God more accurately. So is our mission has to always be the understanding that the scriptures have to be constantly built on so that we can understand God more clearly. My relationship with God goes no further than my relationship with scripture. If I want to be in a closer relationship with God, then I need to understand the ways of God more accurately. The more I understand his ways, the more I'm actually able to walk in his ways. Come on, guys. There's, there's people out here who are fervent in spirit. There's some of you who are fervent in spirit and you really do want to please God. But if you don't know how to more accurately do it, you will always be frustrated. Always. Always, you don't know what the scriptures are really there to help you with. They're there to help you know God. It would be no different than after this person who buys a gift for me that doesn't truly reflect who I am and doesn't really uh, resonate with my likes or dislikes. If I was to just say, ew, I don't like that gift, that wouldn't be helpful. I need to pull that person aside and explain my Ways more accurately. Sometimes we get upset with people because they do things not knowing what we know, but we don't spend time explaining what we know. I've learned as a business owner that my my people that I, I work with, the people that I engage with, even the people I work for, Communication and understanding who they are and what they're trying to do in their ways allows me to better serve them. If I just focus on getting the contract signed, if I just focus on getting the money, if I never really step into their world and try to understand them more accurately, though I've gotten the job, though I even am competent in my skill set, Though I even am able to give them an accurate representation of what they want, I can do better by digging deeper. I can give them more. And I've noticed it. Clients really are impressed when you do the work, when you research, when you get to know them, when you've already presented to them what they wanted without ever really hearing it from them. How did you know I like this? How did you know I think like this? How did you know my strategies are like this? Well, sir, I went online. I read about you. I researched. I watched every interview there was about you. This current client that I have, I sat and listened to three podcasts that he guests uh, uh, featured on where he was talking about his company. I sat and read newspaper articles about him. Four newspaper articles. I sat and listened to 
uh, probably about three YouTube uh, videos that were interviews that he did on uh, national and uh, local circuit TV. I got to know about him. I got to know how he wants his business to be reflected. I got to know what his focuses are, what his purposes are, what his mission is. And I dug in and then I presented him with a script. And when I presented him with the script, he said, wow, this is this is really good. I only need to make a few changes to get it more accurate. You guys get what I'm saying? To get it more accurate. And I was excited because I want, I don't, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't mind you correcting me. You're helping me. But I, I put you in a place where you, he was able to appreciate that I did a lot of work to get close. To get close. Us as Christians, we have to do the work to get close to God. You getting close to God is not praying more. You getting close to God is not worshiping more. You getting close to God is not even fasting. It's not even, it's not even singing songs all night and day. All it is, is getting more intimate, getting deeper in his word. Because his word reflects his character. That's what it means when he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. That's John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word is God. So if I read the word, it's as good as getting to know him. If I engage with the word, it's as good as engaging with God. It didn't say in the beginning was a song and the song was God. So I engage with these songs and now I'm closer to God. That's not the way this works. It's not the way it works. The way this works is when I engage in God's scriptures, I am able to more accurately worship him in song. Why? Because I have a better understanding of what these words mean as it relates to the word that is the essence of who God is. A lot of these songs even borrow scripture. If I don't under fully understand the scripture, then to sing the scripture in song does not make it expand deeper in my heart. Therefore, it does not give me a more accurate understanding of who God is. There's people who sing Zion is calling to a higher place of praise who don't even understand what Zion is or what he was calling us to. Where is that higher place of praise? What does that mean? Knowing what that means elevates the song. Elevates the song. It's like a certain song from back in the day. You can hear this song and all of a sudden when you hear the song, it, it reminds you of a love. This song has special meaning because the words in it are connected to someone. Someone you are intimate with or familiar with or close with. Their closeness elevates the song. Those moments of closeness with that person elevates the song. 
The more you get engaged in the word, the more you're connected with the word, the more you're in just poured into the word. When you sing songs, especially songs that are reflected in the scripture or even songs that are directed to God, you are able to more engage with that song because of your relationship with the person who is the subject of the song. And that relationship has been deepened by your understanding of when I read a scripture and it talks about what makes God angry, now I know what makes him angry. Now, when I do that thing that I know made him angry back then, I am thinking about how it angers him now. I am more accurately able to understand God and therefore more accurately able to please him. But we got to let people explain to us. Those of you who listen to the podcast, you're really engaging in a moment of explanation so that we can expound on the scripture and get you to understand God more accurately. Those of you who go home and study, that's great. But sometimes you got to understand you're going to need a Priscilla and Aquila to just come along and let them be humble and allow them to pull you aside and show you the ways of God more accurately. Let them. Let them show you who God is. Stop pushing people away. Stop distancing yourself. Stop operating in a way where you you think that you you got it and you you clearly understand it. Hey, bro, assist. Apollos had it, but he was able to get more when he engaged with his brothers and sisters in the faith. And so that's where you know as as we wind this down, let's take it to that next place of understanding that this is the role of the church. This is what he's describing. This is, Acts really is just showing you how the church played out. When in the, when we're in the church of modern time, are men and women allowed to pull somebody aside, not to say they wrong, but say, let me help you get even more accurate depiction and understanding of who God is. And then it says he wished to go to Achaia. He, he wished to go over to another place and teach. And they encouraged him to go. Why? Because they they can vouch for him. Some of us, we can't encourage people to speak because we know they're not even speaking the truth. They can encourage him because they had a hand in equipping him. And also they understood that he was accurate because they were accurate in the truth themselves. Honestly, there's certain people I know sometimes people can think just because you you patronize them or you listen to them, the, the things they're saying are true. But honestly, there there are a handful of people that I would recommend people going to. There are a handful of people that I would encourage to spread the gospel. I, I can't encourage everybody to spread the gospel when I know they're not accurate in their gospel. I'm not encouraging you, hey, you need to, everywhere you go, wherever you go, I need you to proclaim the word of God. If I know that that ain't a word you're intimate with. If you're not intimate with the word of God, then you're not equipped with the word of God. Therefore, you shouldn't proclaim the word of God. You might just want to keep it to what you know and be honest about it. Be like the the blind man. He said, listen, all this stuff y'all talking about, 
Satan and Jesus and him being a demon. All I know is I once was blind and now I see. I appreciate people who just speak about God in the way that they understand him and not try to move into a place that they haven't thoughtfully and focused and sat down and did. We all have something to share, but you could get to a better place if you let the people of God teach you more accurately. Just let us teach you more accurately. So he, they wrote to the disciples to welcome him. They encouraged other people. There's no talk of churches right now. There were churches, but notice how their engagements was with brothers, sisters, disciples. They just wrote to the disciples, say, hey, welcome this guy. We can vouch for him. And it says when he arrived, he was able to greatly help. I want to focus on this for a second. The importance of what we do, the importance of being more accurate in who God is, is so we can greatly help those who through grace had believed. I want y'all to understand something. Only part of what we do is proclaiming to the lost. Only part of what we do is sharing the gospel with those who do not know. The other part is that we greatly help those who are, have believed. The focus isn't really there. That's why I love this section of scripture because it, it informs where I'm really called in my life. I haven't really been called to uh, to build a platform that informs people who don't believe about who God is. Now, if somebody who doesn't believe hears this and says, I want to know Jesus, amen. But this platform really is to greatly help those who have believed, but who need to know God in a more accurate way so they can love him more accurately, serve him more accurately, worship him more accurately, give to him more accurately. There's people who give to the church. There's people who tithe, but they do not do it as accurate as they could. It's time to give more accurately. It's time to serve more accurately. It's time to operate more accurately. You can do that, but you have to let the people of God show you. Drop your pride. This man was fervent in his spirit. He was not filled with pride. He was fervent in spirit. Why? Because he had some things. There's a lot of adverbs in this, this passage. But one of the things I loved is he greatly helped. I don't want to just help people. I want to greatly help. I don't want to just influence people. I want to greatly influence them. See, a lot of y'all are just happy that you play a part in people's lives, but you don't play a great part. The people of God are supposed to play a great part in people's lives. When we influence people, it should greatly influence them. When we impact people, it should greatly impact them. I watched a, 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 a boxing match and both people were punching, but only one person punched greatly. And that was the person who knocked the person out. That punch was greater than the punch that the guy was receiving because his punch knocked the guy down. I'm telling you, there's a ton of people punching and saying they fighting the good fight of faith. But when we punch, we're supposed to knock out. 
We're supposed to greatly impact the world. We're supposed to greatly impact the kingdom of God. We're supposed to greatly impact the kingdom of Satan. Y'all sending shots across the bow that don't even break a window. You sending punches towards Satan that don't even knock him out. Don't even jar him. You don't even got a strong jab. You don't got a strong right hook. You seriously don't have an uppercut. You're, you're, you're not greatly influencing the world around you. And we, you, we need you. We need you. The people of God are, should be so greatly influencing that when they're not there, it is a great loss. It's a great loss. That's what Jesus was trying to explain when he said, you know, I know the loss that you'll feel when I'm gone. And in order for me to mitigate that loss, I have to give you something greater than or equal to. And so I give you the Holy Spirit. I give you this that is just as good as me. It will do just what I've done, which is lead and guide us into all truth. Remind us of what God has said. It, it does exactly what Jesus consistently did when he was on earth. It greatly impacts our lives. How can we have this spirit that greatly impacts us in the same way Jesus greatly impacted the earth and not allow that spirit to cause us to greatly impact those around us? Do you greatly impact your home? Do you greatly impact your workplace? Do you greatly impact the atmosphere and environments that you are in? The circles that you're in. See, he went to Achaia, never been there before, wished to go. And when he got there, he greatly helped. I don't need people to help me. I need people to greatly help me. Help the people who believe. He said, how? How did he do this? He, he powerfully, another adverb, he powerfully refuted the Jews in public. Powerfully. Powerfully refuted the Jews in public. It's not enough to refute. I Trust me, I know enough people who know a little bit of scripture and do a lot of refuting. I know a lot of people who do a lot of refuting in public. But to powerfully refute, it, it, it shows you something, because I want you to understand, this powerly, powerfully refuting the scriptures, the, the, the Jews, I mean, powerfully refuting the Jews resulted in those Jews believing in the Christ. Believing in the Christ, Apollos, this Jew, was able to powerfully refute and get to know and challenge people, push them. That's the beautiful part of this. And so we are in a place where we can really help people. 
if we know our place, I know my place is to when I hear people speak, help them not always, I'm not going to always hear people say things is wrong. Sometimes I just, I just want to make sure they understand even deeper and more accurately. There's some people who are not even at that place of Apollos and some people we have to help them become competent in the scriptures. We have to help them understand how to instruct people in the way of the Lord. We have to show them how to be fervent in spirit, how to speak and teach accurately. And then as they continue to grow, we greatly help them by continually showing them the way of God more accurately. I'm very, uh, very comforted in the fact of knowing that there is a role that I play on this earth. Everything that we shared here was people doing church, not just being church. Everything we were showing here, and I, you know, I'm, I get excited about this because there becomes a time in our lives where we are constantly just happy to be in church. But I need the church to know what it looks like to do church. And Acts shows us this is the church at work, instructing people in ways to, to, to understand God more accurately, encouraging them, connecting them, true networking. You know, people always talk about networking and business and stuff like that. Like, this is true networking. He, he, they sent this man on a way, told the other people who believed, receive him, help him, and let him feel comfortable so he can get to work and help y'all. Come on, we, we are able to see what the church really looked like. That's the beautiful thing. And honestly, like I said, I really thought that I was just going to come home and watch the game. But I realized this is something that was on my heart and God really wanted me to share this with somebody. Like you need to get to know him in a better way. You need to spend time with the scriptures. Now, I can say all this, and as I close, you can ask, well, how do I do that? How do I, because I, every time I open the Bible, I really don't understand what's happening. Take it from, start here. I feel like every t everything about like what I do, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I do. I, I'm a videographer, graphic designer. I deal in a world where people have ideas and if they could use the machinery and have the skills that I had, they would do it themselves. My job is to facilitate their ideas with skills and technical ability to bring it to fruition. Using the, uh, skills and abilities and machinery that they're not, they don't have the wherewithal with. That's my job. Now, I am the, I constantly am learning new equipment, but I already have the basis of machine theory. And once you understand what machines should do and what they shouldn't do, and once you understand that there's every machine is going to operate in the same way, you're just learning the specifics of that machine. It helps you and informs you and it makes it easier to learn. I hope I said that right. I hope it makes sense. You need to know the word theory. The word theory or the machine theory of the Bible is first, I mean, is John chapter one, verse one. 
In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. That lets us know this Bible I'm holding is my look into God and knowing him. And so when you open the scriptures to know him, not opening the index to learn about depression or how to beat depression, not opening the index and learning about love and how to love, not opening the index and learning about how to give or, oh, you, what you dealing with? You dealing with patience? Turn to this chapter. That's all nice. But I'm telling you, you would be better served to open the Bible and say, Every single word from the first word in Genesis to the last word in Revelations is a is a peek into the ways, the mind, the character and the the wholeness of God. And the more I take in, the more I get a sense of who God is and the more I'm better able to serve him more accurately. So no matter what chapter I read, I look at it as, I don't care what story it is or whatever. I don't care what it is. It could be revelations. I'm learning about who God is. And learning about who he is is going to help me understand what part of him he wants me to engage with as it relates to that chapter or scripture. And how it lets me know what he's going to do and lets me know what I must do. It, every scripture can be seen that way. When I started to see the scriptures, I understood the machine theory of scripture, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. I'm, I, used to, I used to look and read certain things like, why does this matter? Well, now I know why it matters because now I'm looking at it not saying, why does it matter to me? Why does it matter to who God is? And now all of a sudden it opens up to me. I don't know if we call it a life hack. Let's call this the eternal life hack. This is the way to look at the scriptures. Just look at the scriptures as you. If somebody sat and got to know me, I have to go explain to them like, I know you bought me a watch, but I don't wear watches. You never seen me with a watch, right? You right, but I never paid attention to that. I didn't know it was an intentional thing. Well, now you'll know. Things that you thought was just coincidence are truly intentional. There's so many things in the Bible that are like that. Things that you think are coincidence are intentional and actually are intended to give you a peek at the character of God. Something I shared in Tuesday Night Bible Study. We'll look and say, does God punish people? Does he not? He does what he wants to do, but it's always to just give us a glimpse at who he is. Sometimes he'll punish people on the spot because he wants the people to know this is what judgment looks like. And I, I am capable of this. And some people he relents and he does not ex- ex- exact judgment on them. He, but he actually is long suffering. And he lets you know, though I can do this type of judgment, I am this type of God. Loving and patient. I'll relent. I will stop myself. This is the beauty. All of it, 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 people like, this is inconsistent. No, it's not. It's inconsistent to your understanding of how you're trying to engage with scriptures. But it's actually consistent when you understand this is the character of God. You can't measure the character of God by your character. You got to take in the character of God and say, this is the character that I should measure my character to.
Flip it around. And this is the beauty of it. It's a we that's a low life, eternal life hack. Learn how to look in the scriptures, machine theory. Learn what this, this book is intended for. It was God inspired so that people would know who he was. He wants you to know who he is. Jesus came to let you know who he is. So that you get your understanding of him, your knowledge of him will draw you closer to him and change the way you see life. And allow you to greatly influence the people around you. So I just wanted to share that. It's episode 111. We're going to call this. What are we going to call this? Oh, man. I don't know what to call this. This is interesting. I mean, because we talked about so much stuff. We did. I want to call it the relationship that counts. I'm call it the relationship that counts because the relationship that counts is the scripture. It's the relationship that counts is the word. If you had to have a part of it that was physical and tangible for you, that you feel connects you to the spiritual relationship with God, it, I can only direct you to handling the word. If you handle the word and dig deep in the word, you essentially are deepening your relationship with God. So that's what we call it. The relationship that counts. You really want to have a relationship with God? Get a relationship with his word. Episode 111. I'm Forrest Hall. Love you all. God bless.